Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A family of killers is breeding inside a man's lungs. When I woke up and saw the blood on my pillow, it did scare me. I wasn't sure what to think. A hideous organism makes its nest in a mountain biker's head. I woke my wife up and I said, you've got to see it. It's, it's making noises and it's moving. And a flesh-eating monster reproduces with furious speed. And the name literally means man-eater. All very different parasites with one thing in common. They have perfected the art of reproduction. They are all sex maniacs. Worms invisible to the human eye. Insects thirsty for blood. Microscopic amoeba. They might look harmless, but these are some of nature's deadliest creatures. They can hijack our bodies, disable our immune systems. They are parasites. But to those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Parasites are just like every other organism on the planet. Their goal is to reproduce and make more parasites, and they are very good at it. So good, in fact, that there are more parasites on Earth than any other type of creature. As a strategy for survival, parasitism is incredibly successful. If you're a parasite, that means you're living off of a host. And your host can provide food, it can provide shelter, and that means that parasites are freed up to put all their energy into what really matters, sex and reproduction. Parasites have evolved countless ways to reproduce. They are the ultimate sex maniacs. Some parasites have a very simple reproduction strategy. Make as many offspring as you possibly can and hope that just a few of them will survive. Other parasites are much more deliberate. They choose the timing and the place for reproduction very carefully, thereby maximizing the likelihood of their offspring surviving. 
Many parasites cause their hosts little harm or discomfort, which ensures they continue to breed undetected. Other parasites make their presence savagely felt, as a man in Colorado is about to find out. Aaron Dallas is a ski instructor in Carbondale, Colorado. We've lived in Carbondale about four years now. He lives with his son Bodie and his wife Midge. It's a great town. It's got the mountains and skiing, biking. We love that we can um, get on our bikes and don't have to get in our cars for weeks at a time. And the big part of moving here was the community activities and stuff. The Dallas family is constantly on the go. But in the spring of 2007, something stops Aaron in his tracks. It was planting time, and as I was bending over to shovel, I felt this sharp pain in the back of my head. As I bent down, it got worse and worse, so I immediately stood back up and the pain went away. I thought, well, that's kind of strange. The stabbing pain continues intermittently, but Aaron can't identify any obvious cause. A week later, he begins to feel the skin on the back of his head is changing. I started to discover there were some distinct bumps on the back of my head. Aaron can feel a ring of five individual bumps protruding from the back of his head. He decides to wait and see if the bumps go away on their own. Aaron's a typical male. It, it takes a lot for him to go to the doctor. But then, a frightening symptom forces him to seek medical help. Probably in the second week, they started to bleed. These bumps were bleeding, oozing. It was fairly continuous. I was starting to get more and more concerned. With the back of his head oozing blood and pus, Aaron heads to see his local doctor in Carbondale. The doctor examines the bumps and tells Aaron they are infected bug bites. If insect bites are scratched and the skin is broken, infection can easily occur causing a condition called cellulitis, or inflammation of the soft tissues underneath the skin. Yeah, that made perfect sense. And he gave me a topical lotion to put on there that would clear up any infection. Was uh, pretty convinced that that was going to take care of it. Back at home, Aaron notices a surprising reaction to the ointment. Well, when I put this lotion on, the bumps reacted they would get very irritated in a way that I had never felt irritation before. It was almost as though I was making the bumps angry. The ointment does nothing to reduce the infection. In fact, after three weeks, the bumps have doubled in size. As I'm getting ready to go biking, I get my shorts on and my jersey on and my shoes on. I grab my helmet and as I put it on my head, I realize my helmet doesn't fit. The bumps by this point had become so large that the helmet that I had had for three years no longer fit over my head. Aaron's swollen head forces him to confront the possibility that something is invading his body. He makes an appointment with a specialist in Denver. It's a three-hour journey from Carbondale through several high mountain passes. On the trip, Aaron notices a curious new sensation. So in the same way my ears are filling up and clearing, the bumps on my head are getting worse, and as I'm going down, they're feeling better. 
Aaron describes the shooting pain, the bleeding, and the pressure changes. The specialist gives him a diagnosis which explains the strange ring of bumps and the sharp bursts of pain. The doctor thought that it was probably a recurrence of shingles. I had shingles earlier in the year in February. Shingles is caused by a virus that attacks nerve endings, causing shooting pain and pus-filled blisters. So what he told me was that it should clear up on its own. I thought, well, that's different than what it was before, but because it's on my head, maybe it manifests itself differently. When he came back from the specialist in Denver, I think we were really defeated, though we didn't know how long he would be in this pain. And the pain is becoming hard to withstand. The pain would come as though I had backed myself into a nail on the side of the wall. Then for Aaron, the most terrifying moment of all. As I'm lying in bed one night, I can hear noises in the back of my head. I can hear the bumps making noise. Uh, Just a very faint scratch, 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 scratch. I woke my wife up and I said, you've got to see it. It's, It's making noises and it's moving. When he would say they were moving, I didn't disbelieve him. But I didn't completely believe him because it was hard for me to believe that he would feel like shingles were moving inside of him. I'm telling myself, stop imagining it. It's just a figment of your imagination. Don't let it get to you. Just concentrate, let the pain go away, and go back to sleep. At this point, everything is going through my head. What, what could it possibly be? Is it cancer? Is it, you know, what, what are all of the things that could cause bumps on the back of your head to get so debilitating? Desperate to find an answer, Aaron heads back to his original physician. So I decide that I'm going to make him do something about these bumps, even if we have to cut them off. This time, before his appointment, Aaron makes a small but important change to his routine. I took a shower right before I went to the doctor and went with wet hair to see the doctor. This time he parts my hair, looks at the bump, and pauses. He goes, oh my God. What is it? What do you see? What is it? And he says, I don't know. All I can see are things moving inside the bumps on the back of your head. I think they're botflies. The botfly is a hairy insect about twice the size of a housefly. Its maggot larvae are known to live as parasites in human flesh. I am immensely relieved that I'm not going crazy, that there really are things moving and making noise on the back of my head. Aaron's head has been a nursery to five growing botflies. Botflies only have a few offspring over the course of their lives, but they're very careful about where they place them so that those offspring are more likely to survive. Skin provides food and shelter for baby botflies, and the botfly larvae are brilliantly adapted to living in the flesh of another organism. Botflies have special mouth parts that allow them to burrow into their host's skin. At the maggot's rear end is a breathing tube that keeps the larvae supplied with oxygen while it's in the skin. The doctor can see the botfly maggots through their breathing tubes, which form holes on the top of each bump. And because I had taken a shower right before I went to the doctor, I had washed off all the crusty stuff, all of the things that would block the holes. And because the holes are now clear, the doctor and the nurse can see things moving in the back of my head. 
But how did the larvae get into Aaron's flesh? Botflies live in Central and South America, not Colorado. The doctor asks Aaron if he's traveled to the tropics recently. We had been going to Belize for me to do a bike race. A day in early June, the bike team and I traveled to a race in northern Belize. They got the basic hotel room. I opened the window, I turned the fan on, and as I opened the window, I see that there's no screen on the window. In about five minutes of opening the window and turning the fan on, the room is full of mosquitoes. I pulled the sheet on my bed all the way up to the top of my head and tried to go to sleep, giving the mosquitoes as little room as possible to hassle me. But what do mosquitoes have to do with the botfly maggots taking root in Aaron's head? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Aaron Dallas is in a hotel room in Belize, surrounded by mosquitoes. He doesn't realize these insects are about to deposit a cargo of parasitic eggs onto his head. The mosquito plays a vital part in the life cycle of an insect called the botfly. To complete its life cycle, a botfly has to find a way to get its eggs onto the skin of a host. But the adult botfly has a problem. It's too big and conspicuous to drop the eggs off for itself. So what it does is it uses a mosquito to deliver the eggs for it. The female botfly ambushes a mosquito in mid-flight. 
The botfly lays its eggs and glues them to the underside of the mosquito. When the mosquito lands on human skin, body heat melts the glue. The eggs fall off the mosquito and hatch into larvae, which burrow into the skin. If they are undisturbed, they will remain there for six weeks. Eventually, the larvae crawl out through the breathing hole, fall off the skin, and burrow into the ground. Four weeks later, they emerge as adult botflies. Because botflies only make a few offspring, they need those offspring to get where they need to go, and that's why using a mosquito is such a brilliant strategy. In Colorado, Aaron's doctor is about to interrupt the life cycle of the botfly maggots in Aaron's head. At this point, I'm pretty relieved because at this point, I finally have a doctor who is going to do something about the bumps on the back of my head. But extracting botfly larvae can be a dangerous business. Botfly larvae are ringed with little tiny black spines, and those are there so that if you try to pull it out, it's going to get lodged into place. It's a great way to make sure that it doesn't get pulled out by the host. One way to extract a botfly is to cover the air hole, starving the maggot of oxygen. When the cover is removed, the maggot surfaces and can be extracted safely. When Aaron took a shower, he removed the scabs that were covering the air holes. The botflies come to the surface, and the doctor prepares to extract them. And the next thing I know, I can feel something being pulled out of my head, and I can almost hear it go. I don't like to use the word maggots because it's not a very nice word, and it doesn't make me feel very good that there were maggots in my head. But what he showed me were maggots. For Aaron, the mystery is finally over. There was kind of a giddiness and a happiness inside me because my entire body knew that it was over. For the parasites, having a mosquito deliver their eggs is a great strategy because they can get into all kinds of different organisms. But sometimes the mosquito will drop the eggs off on a human, and humans typically figure out that they have a botfly infection and get rid of it before the botfly has a chance to mature. So for the botfly, humans are a bit of a dead end. The encounter with the botflies has not changed the Dallas's love of outdoor exploration. Yeah, this experience has not changed my attitude about Central America or Belize or traveling at all. You can't walk through Belize trying to be careful. You walk through Belize trying to take in as much as you can, and unfortunately, sometimes that includes some of the local wildlife. To avoid hosting a botfly, keep away from mosquitoes when in the tropics. Always use insect repellent and cover up at dusk. To complete its life cycle, a botfly has to find a way to get its eggs onto the skin of a host. The botfly's cunning reproductive strategy ensures more of its young survive. For a botfly larva, skin is a perfect place to live. It's warm. It's moist. There's food. You're physically protected. And of course, because it's such a great place to live, they're not the only parasites that have figured that out. One parasite uses flesh to produce hundreds of babies at a time. The screwworm. The screwworm fly lays its eggs in the open wounds of live animals. The hatching maggots are voracious eaters. Their curved teeth tear at their host's flesh, causing deadly infections. Across the western hemisphere, they massacre livestock and also attack humans. Dr. Steve Skoda of the U.S. Department of Agriculture is one of the world's leading experts on this killer pest. 
The Latin name is Cochleomyia hominivorax, and the name literally means man-eater. Dr. Skoda and a team of researchers breed thousands of these parasites and study their reproductive cycle in the hope of stopping them. These are the flesh eaters right here. This is the parasitic stage. These are the parasites. But what makes this flesh eater so successful? The screw worm is a formidable enemy with a powerful weapon. Sex. Males are promiscuous. They'll mate as many times as the females come around with as many females as they can, as many times in one day as they can. Female screwworm flies, on the other hand, take a different approach to mating. Female screwworm flies have a great trick in terms of their sexual reproduction. They only have to mate once, and then they're able to store all the sperm from that mating event for the rest of their lives, and they never have to go looking for a mate again. And because the females aren't wasting all this time on mating, they're able to spend more time looking for open wounds where they can lay their eggs. She begins laying up to 300 eggs in the nearest open wound. Less than 12 hours later, body heat induces the eggs to hatch. Immediately, the maggots begin to feed enlarging the wound minute by minute. When the maggots reach maturity, they drop from the host and burrow into the ground, where the larvae become flies, ready to mate and perpetuate the cycle. The entire life cycle of a screwworm takes just 20 days. If you have one breeding male and female and they go unrestricted in their ability, they could make thousands and thousands of flies in just a couple of weeks, really. Screwworms have a simple and efficient life cycle, allowing them to reproduce with incredible speed. But other parasites must take several complex steps through many hosts before finally reproducing. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Outdoorsman Tony Brixey is the picture of health. When he's not home with wife Misty, he's hard at work as a chemical applicator for an electrical company. My job involved actually mixing chemicals, putting those in sprayers. We were spraying broadleaf plants to keep those from growing into the power lines. The hectic work schedule keeps Tony busy and away from his family. My job required me to travel sometimes up to six days a week. One winter's day, Tony notices that he's developed a persistent cough. Progressively got worse, coughing deeper, harder. Um, hard to catch my breath. Tony begins to suspect that his cough might be job-related. I just knew it had to be those chemicals. Maybe the chemicals were getting into his lungs, and maybe that's why he was coughing. But Tony isn't too alarmed and decides to deal with it on his own. Tony has never been one to just go to a doctor. He feels if he ignores something, it will go away. I just didn't really think it was that serious. Two weeks after the cough develops, Tony returns home from a long week at work. <coughs> My chest just felt tight, and but I, I couldn't get enough air. So I get up out of bed, walk to the bathroom, and just cough up a lot of blood. What could be causing Tony Brixey to cough up so much blood? The best way to avoid the botfly parasite is to A, stay out of fresh water in Africa or Asia, B, wash your hands before handling food, 
C. Avoid mosquitoes in tropical areas. The best way of avoiding the botfly parasite is to C. Avoid mosquitoes in tropical areas. Oklahoma resident Tony Brixey has been sick for weeks with a persistent cough. But his condition takes a dramatic turn when he begins coughing up blood. Tony and his wife Misty start to panic. When I saw all of the blood in the toilet, I was really scared that something was very wrong with him. Misty rushes Tony to the family doctor. She tells him about Tony's exposure to chemicals at work. But the doctor dismisses the idea that chemicals are the culprit. Instead, he suspects bronchitis, an infection of the airways leading to the lungs. He puts Tony on a two-week course of antibiotics. I finished the antibiotics, and I had actually gotten worse. So we went back to the doctor. The doctor didn't really know what to think. <laughs> he refers Tony to a pulmonologist who takes a closer look at his lungs. And right away, he sees something shocking. They actually did a, a scope down into my lungs and saw little black specks. The pulmonologist can't tell what the little black specks are. But right away, Misty offers up one possibility. I'm not sure when he started, but from early teenage years, he had been chewing tobacco. The doctor agrees that the specks do look like remnants of chewing tobacco. If Tony had swallowed some chewing tobacco, particles could have gone down his bronchial tubes and settled in his lungs. Somehow it had made it into my lungs, and that's what the, the little black specks was caused from. Since he does not see any signs of infection, the doctor prescribes more antibiotics and tells Tony to stop chewing tobacco. I did not like the fact that he chewed tobacco. I was always trying to get him to quit. Tony returns home and follows the doctor's orders. But three weeks later, he wakes up to a horrific sight. When I woke up and saw the blood on my pillow, it did scare me. I, I, did, I wasn't sure what to think. Alarmed, Tony calls his wife, who rushes him to the hospital. There, he is put under the care of infectious disease specialist, Dr. David Sheck. In addition to the coughing up of uh, blood-tinged material, he was also having some chest pain, and there was just concern that maybe there was progression of whatever process was going on in his lung. Dr. Sheck knows these black specks must be related to Tony's symptoms, but he has no idea what they are. We had to, number one, further identify what these objects were, and then to figure out a course of action. Sheck orders a biopsy of the black specks and sends them to a pathologist. Tony can only return home and wait. Finally, the results come in. One of the nurses from Dr. Sheck's office called and set up an appointment for my wife and I to come to Tulsa to talk about the results of the biopsy. I was a little worried about why they wouldn't tell us over the phone what, what the problem was. Misty fears the worst. I thought he was getting cancer. I thought my husband may be dying. Two days later, Tony and Misty make the two-hour drive to Tulsa. Tony braces himself for the news. What they found was an object or objects that actually looked like 
Eggs. The black specks in Tony's lungs aren't chewing tobacco. They are eggs. Dr. Sheck has never seen anything like it. And it certainly was something that wasn't very common to see here in Oklahoma. It looked like a parasite. What wasn't known was what type of parasite it was. Specifically because when you examine these eggs, sometimes they all look very similar. But the pathology report holds a clue. It seemed to have a central operculum, which is kind of a central spine. And then it, the way that its uh, attachment features were oriented on the egg itself actually made us start to think what this type of parasite was. When he realizes which parasite he's looking at, Dr. Sheck is astounded. It is a parasitic worm commonly found in Asia and South America called Paragonimus calicati, or the lung fluke. It lives and breeds in the lungs, causing chronic inflammation. In serious cases, the lung fluke is deadly. Once inside the host, the parasite burrows through the body's tissues in search of its breeding grounds, the lungs. Once the parasite makes its way into the lung, it has everything it needs to reproduce. It has oxygen, it has nutrients, it has a nice warm environment, and it even has a way of getting its eggs out into the environment in an easy way. The fluke causes inflammation in the host's lungs, making the host cough up blood that is laden with parasitic eggs. The egg-laden blood is re-swallowed and passed out of the body in the feces. So for these organisms, reproducing in the lung is a brilliant strategy. But how did this parasite get inside Tony Brixey's lungs? The answer lies in the lung fluke's complex life cycle. Lung flukes have several intermediate hosts, and at every stage they're getting closer to the definitive host where they're going to be able to sexually reproduce. And in this case, the definitive host is a human. First, the lung fluke attacks a freshwater snail. Once inside the snail, it grows into a tadpole-like larvae. Then the larvae invade a second host, often a crustacean. If the crustacean is eaten raw, the larvae will enter their new human host. In about 30 days, the adult lung flukes start to mate in the human lung. Crustaceans, the parasite's intermediate host, provide a clue to the source of Tony's infection. So that made us go back and talk to the patient about what his potential exposures may have been. First, Dr. Sheck asked Tony if he's been out of the country recently. I had not been out of the country in my entire life. Tony's lack of any travel history puzzles Dr. Sheck. There were only about four or five conclusive reported cases in North America at the time. But there has never been a reported case of lung fluke in this particular area. So how did Tony Brixey come in contact with this rare parasite? Infectious disease expert Dr. David Sheck has just learned what parasite is living in Oklahoma resident Tony Brixey's lungs. The parasite that is causing Tony to cough up blood is called a lung fluke. To pinpoint the source of infection, Dr. Sheck turns to foods Tony may have eaten recently. He said it's usually contracted by eating raw fish, shellfish, things along those lines. Right away, Tony thinks he knows where he picked up the lung fluke. Approximately seven months prior, some buddies and myself were camping, caught some crawfish. I picked some up out of the bowl and just ate them raw. Why? Why would you eat raw crawdads? Why? That's disgusting. 
as normal practice, so I never thought anything about it. But to the doctors, the raw crawfish are the prime suspects. He had had some exposure to improperly cooked crayfish, which likely was the source of his exposure. Tony's infection, though rare, is not impossible to get in his home state. But we know some animal studies that Paragonimus parasite is endemic in North America. There are some of these parasites in Oklahoma. Dr. Sheck now knows how long the parasites have been ravaging Tony's lungs. For Tony, the next steps are crucial. Part of this parasite's life cycle involves getting from the gut to the lungs. If it takes a wrong turn and ends up in the spinal cord, you can get paralyzed. If it turns and goes into the heart, you can have sudden death. The parasites have been mating uncontrollably in Tony's lungs for the last seven months. If he isn't treated quickly, he could die. Dr. Sheck has no time to lose. The treatment for this particular organism is praziquantel. When ingested, praziquantel paralyzes the lung fluke and dislodges it from the walls of the lungs. Once dislodged, the lung fluke is then destroyed by the body's immune system. So after I took the pill, it was approximately two and a half to three weeks before I started seeing improvement. In the subsequent office visit, he was already doing very well and had no further coughing up of the blood. He has gone on to do real well and is having no further lung symptoms. And today, Tony is parasite-free and lucky to be alive. Tony is doing fine today. After taking the medication, he has not had a single symptom. Tony is back to his old ways, all except for one. To this day, I do not eat raw crawfish. I make sure that they are fully cooked. And that's the best way to avoid the lung fluke. Always fully cook crustaceans before eating them. Lung flukes go through two intermediate hosts before they finally get to the lung. And once they get to the lung, they can finally have sex. For lung flukes, sexual reproduction inside the lung tissue is a great strategy. But other parasites are just as successful when they reproduce outside the body. For parasites living outside the body, stealth is key. November 2008. Waitress Donna Kaminsky is relaxing at home on the outskirts of New York City when she notices an unusual red spot on her arm. It was um, actually like a cluster of three tiny marks. And it was just very, very intensely itchy. And the itchiness would not go away. It was constant. As the week goes on, the itching gets worse and starts to spread. It wasn't like a mosquito bite where you itch it and then if you stop, you're fine. It just was intense itching all the time. Many things can cause itching, but in this case, Donna thinks she knows what it is. After a while, I thought maybe it was a rash because I do have a milk allergy. Donna eliminates all dairy from her diet, but it doesn't help. After a week, her skin still feels like it's crawling, and menacing red welts are spreading across her entire body. Now I had them on my back. I had noticed that I had two on my ankle. I probably had about 12 different marks. Donna rules out a milk allergy as the cause of her symptoms, but begins to wonder, could she have contracted a contagious disease at work? Frightened that she has some unknown disease, 
Donna schedules an appointment with her family doctor. What he says surprises her. When he looked at them, he, he knew automatically that they wore bug bites. But from the way they look, any number of insects could have made these bites. The doctor gives her hydrocortisone cream to relieve the symptoms. But even with the cream, the itching only gets worse. I just started ripping everything apart. But I just really didn't know what I was looking for. But Donna sees no evidence of an infestation. If it is an insect, what kind of bug could be so elusive? She turns to the internet and finds a likely explanation for the constant itchiness. Scabies. Scabies is caused by a microscopic mite that burrows into the skin, laying three to four eggs per day. When I heard scabies, I was just scared out of my mind. But scabies infection involves skin-to-skin -skin contact, and Donna hasn't been in touch with anyone who has it. At this point, I had no clue what it could be. I knew that I had these marks. I knew that they were itching intensely. I found no evidence of bugs anywhere in my room. I just didn't know what to do. I was so overwhelmed with the whole situation. So what's biting Donna? The answer is a parasite that's becoming more common by the day. Waitress Donna Kaminsky is not alone in her apartment. Something is biting her. And I'm very afraid of bugs, and you know, I'm thinking about, you know, what are they releasing into my body? Donna goes back on the hunt, scouring the internet for similar cases. She stumbles upon a photo of a rash just like hers. It's clear Donna has bed bugs. I was absolutely terrified that it was something that was biting me in my sleep. I mean, just the thought of laying in a bed that that you're getting bitten by bugs and the bugs are sucking your blood is absolutely terrifying to even think about. Donna is not alone. Nearly eradicated 60 years ago, bed bug numbers have increased 50-fold in just the last five years. So what is the secret behind this parasite's population explosion? Louis Sorkin is a researcher at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. He believes the bed bug's resurgence is due to its ghastly but effective mating ritual. Most animals, even insects, go through the motions of wooing a mate, not bed bugs. Bed bug mating is called traumatic insemination. The male bed bug is actually stabbing the female through her body wall and depositing sperm. Bed bugs have a super weird way of having sex, and it's called traumatic insemination. Males actually jump on a female and stab them through their backs with their phallic organ. The more aggressive the male, the more successful it will be in reproducing. The female soon heals, and 24 hours later, she begins to lay her eggs. She can lay up to 12 eggs a day and up to 500 in her lifetime. The eggs have a sticky coating, which helps them adhere to tiny cracks and crevices. About 10 days after mating, the eggs hatch and tiny millimeter-long nymphs emerge, ready for their first blood meal. To demonstrate how the bed bug actually finds its food, Lewis conducts a grisly experiment on himself. They're always hungry. 
Bed bugs are attracted to us by the uh, carbon dioxide in our breath and also the heat from our bodies are two very important cues. The adults can be seen with the naked eye, but the nymphs are practically invisible. There's a nymph here, and it's starting to feed right now. As the nymphs feed, they turn red with blood. Pretty plump. But the nymphs are born equipped with a highly specialized weapon, an elongated mouth called a stylet. It's shaped like a miniature hypodermic needle. Their mouth parts are a very unique tool, uh, perfectly specialized for feeding on blood. After finding a capillary, it pierces the skin quickly and efficiently, inflicting no pain. The bedbug's host never even wakes up. They produce saliva, which acts as an anesthetic and also as an anticoagulant. Using its hollow stylet like a straw, the insect drinks its host's blood, nearly doubling in size. After feeding, the engorged bedbug retreats to its hiding place. In about seven days, it will emerge to feed again. Bedbugs molt four times before becoming adults that are ready to mate and start the process all over again. For a bedbug, food and sex are intrinsically linked. There is no way for a bedbug to reproduce sexually unless it's just had a blood meal. Blood is the perfect food. Blood is the way that you deliver all the nutrients to your tissues, so blood has everything in it you need to survive. For a bed bug, it can get all the nutrients it's going to need in its entire life just by feeding on blood. Donna Kaminsky knows she's hosting these bloodsuckers in her home, but she can't find them or get rid of them. I tried to go to the uh, grocery store. I bought some do-it-yourself spray. I was spraying everywhere, but it wasn't helping at all. I was still getting these bites everywhere. Constantly battling this night feeder is taking its toll on Donna. Knowing that I may have bed bugs, I couldn't even sleep because every little um, tickle or pinch that you fell in, in your sleep, I thought it was bed bugs. What will it take to stop these blood-sucking monsters from taking over the country? In the United States, a blood-sucking parasite is staging a massive comeback. It's taking over cities, invading people's homes, and drinking their blood. It's the bed bug. Bed bugs are hard to detect and even tougher to kill. At the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, Louis Sorkin is an expert in bed bugs. The city calls Sorkin to inspect infestations around New York on a weekly basis. Many of the telltale signs of bedbugs are shed skins, fecal droppings, which is digested blood, and also dead bedbugs. Bedbugs, once they're in your home, they may not just stay in the furniture or in the bed. They'll crawl behind pictures. They'll go in electric outlets and switches. In fact. Since they're as thin as paper is thin, they can readily hide in almost any crack or crevice. If you suspect bed bugs in your home, uh, a good inspection is required. That's exactly what Donna Kaminsky decides to get. She calls a local pest control company. 
and they immediately send their best search and destroy team. With a nose 1,000 times more sensitive than a human's, Roscoe is well equipped to find bedbugs. If they're hiding in Donna's home, Roscoe and his human partner, Peter Matisse, will find them. The Beagle may be Donna's best shot at getting her apartment and her life back. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Roscoe seek. gets to work right away. Let's go seek. Seek. He was very uh, fast and he just sniffed like the whole room. Seek. Seek. Finally, he gives the sign that he's located some bed bugs. Show me. Show me. Good. He actually indicated by my suitcase. Good. That's when I had an idea of where the bed bugs came from. With the bed bugs found, Donna retraces her steps. I had recently been on a trip with my sister to Nashville, and I was staying at a four-star hotel. And I, I was just shocked that that was probably the root of where the bed bugs came from. The bed bugs hitched a ride to New York in Donna's suitcase. As she unpacked, they crawled into crevices around her apartment. A week later, the bed bugs began to search for a blood meal in their new home. It was probably about 10 days after I um, came home from the trip that I started noticing the bites on my arms. The search and destroy team at Donna's house has a potent new weapon. Cryonite, a frozen carbon dioxide spray. At minus 78.5 degrees Fahrenheit, this spray freezes the insects, causing their cells to expand and rupture, killing them instantly. Today, Donna and her apartment are bed bug free. And though she finally has peace of mind, she's learned to be vigilant. After this whole experience, I really learned that, you know, when I travel, I need to be looking at where I'm sleeping so I wouldn't have to go through this whole situation again. In the war against bedbugs, Peter and Roscoe are formidable opponents. But bedbugs aren't just spreading in New York City. Given their success in the modern world, bedbugs can be hard to avoid. But you can help yourself by checking the bedding and furniture when you're staying in a hotel. And always inspect secondhand clothes before bringing them home. One of the reasons that bed bugs are so successful is that they have so many offspring over the course of their lives. A single bed bug can lay hundreds of eggs in its lifetime, and even if just a few of those survive, it wins. Parasites are successful because they are experts at making copies of themselves. Parasites are in the air, in the soil, in the food we eat, and in our beds. The more we understand about how these sex maniacs reproduce, the more ammunition we have to fight them. Every parasitic infection is just one battle. The parasites are winning the war. For more disgusting parasites and their stomach-churning habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monstersinsideme. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.